Welcome to Messy Marriages, sharing stories of messy moments in marriages and how we make the most of our mistakes. We will undress the truth about sex, intimacy, and lifelong love. What are the concerns and questions most couples have in marriage and often go unspoken until now? Host Mark Lucas brings wisdom, authenticity, and practical advice to even the toughest marriage topics. Welcome to Messy Marriages. What a joy it is, week in and week out, to have these conversations with you. Conversations around marriage. There's this beautiful moment that I love when we think in marriage and we think of the importance of our words. We think of the importance of communication. And I love the Rush Hour movies. And there's this beautiful scene that I think is in actually all of the Rush Hour movies where Jackie Chan, as we know, is having a conversation with Chris Tucker. And Jackie Chan looks over to Chris Tucker and says, Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? And Chris Tucker says, Ain't nobody understand the words coming out of your mouth. (laughs) The reality is we obviously wouldn't say that in our marriages, but so often I'll be the first one to admit I might understand the words that are coming out of my wife's mouth, but I don't understand the meaning. I don't understand the tone and the context and really the depth of where she's coming from when she speaks these words. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to invite a friend in. She's amazing, loves the Lord so much. She is a featured guest so often on Heart Matters. We love Alice. We love Heart Matters, 3 o'clock on Monday. She's written last time she was in, we talked about her book that's on Amazon, and I encourage you guys to go out and pick up the book. It's Missing Rick. She studied at uh, Phoenix University of Theology, has a degree there. I love that. And again, she serves with Alice Bennett at Intimacy with Jesus Church. And I said, Dr. Kathy Smades, why don't you come in and let's just talk through marriage, let's talk through tone, communication. And she said, yes, let's do this. So thanks again for being my guest today. Oh, thanks for having me. It's so good to be here. It's good to be back here. A little bit about my journey. I, and I don't know if I share this with you, I am actually 18 days through COVID right now. So this is my first time back in the booth. I haven't had a fever or any symptoms for over nine days now. Energy level still a little bit low. But it is good to be back. It's good to see you. It's good to see uh, the producer, Jeremy, right there through two panes of glass. So let's jump into this conversation. And again, I was quoting Rush Hour, just thought of this right when we sat down. (laughs) And I thought, you know what? That's kind of the embodiment in my marriage. If I'm I'm really honest with myself and often, um, there's these moments where I – might think I know what my spouse Tammy is saying, but a lot of times I really don't. So let's just start with really kind of this first thought that you have that's really profound. What does it look like for us to take the time that we need to really develop communication? It's the key. Taking time to really listen, taking time to understand, and to ask questions. What do you mean? Is that what you meant? I mean, I found myself in a situation where I married a man who communicated completely different than me and was interested in completely different things. And really, we found out that we didn't have anything in common except that we liked each other a whole lot and <laughs> loved each other. And uh, we, liked, uh, we liked it when the apartment was vacuumed. That was something we had in common. 
and we liked Mexican food. And after that, that was about it. There was just no other commonality except we were very devout Christians. And we were able to put Jesus in the middle of everything pretty much that we did. And I'm so thankful for that. And I really think my husband had a lot to do with that because he was just open. He was an open person and kind of a very interesting person. He was raised an atheist, and people were always witnessing to him, and he came to Christ shortly before we got married. And he wasn't churched, and actually in a lot of ways that kind of helped me because he wasn't afraid to say, I don't understand that, or what do you mean by that? And, you know, sometimes Christians have this whole Christian language that we use, and we kind of screen everything through our Christianity. And we're not always honest with what's going on in our hearts because we think maybe the Lord won't like it or, you know, the, the church won't understand that I'm having this struggle or I'm having this misunderstanding. And he kind of had a way of being able to cut through that mm. that just helped me at that point in time in my life. And I was so happy for that. But we had a lot of misunderstandings. Yeah. And our language, we came from such different, diverse backgrounds. The words even didn't mean the same things. And so we had to establish that early on in our marriage. Is that what you meant? (laughs) (laughs) Did you really mean that? We were at this Bible study, and he was just being really transparent. And uh, he said, you know, without Christ, I would just hate everybody here. Really? And I just about fell through the floor. Mm. I was so embarrassed and so upset because it was so, you know, so blunt. And uh, Did he say it just to you? No, he said it to the whole group. He said it to the whole group. If it wasn't for being a Christian, (laughs) I would hate everybody in this room. That is pretty bold. Yeah, it was pretty bold and it was pretty terrible, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) And it was terrible for me. Yeah. I was like, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure you're just going to have a lot of bosom buddies after this event. You know, everybody's going to want to just uh, you yeah, know, get be close your best to you. friend. But he was very funny. He was a very hysterical person. And he just had a way of communicating that kind of cut through. Yeah. And I saw that sometimes that that was really what Jesus did. Jesus had a way of cutting through to the heart matter of what was going on with the person. And sometimes that changed their lives. Sometimes they were able to follow right away. Sometimes they weren't. You know, they had to go back home and stew for maybe four months over something that was said. But he just had a way of doing that. Yeah, that's really good. Let me back you up. There's so much you've already said that's been so insightful. One of the things that you said early on, Kathy, was this, is you said you and Rick, and I relate to this with Tammy and I, my wife and I, you said that the reality is, is you guys didn't have a lot in common. And you had, I think you said Mexican food, you had vacuuming. <laughs> yes, clean, clean apartment. Cleaning apartment <laughs> and cleaning the apartment. And I also enjoy that as well. And then you obviously had a foundation, both of you, of, of Jesus and a foundation of being a follower of Christ. One of the things that I think I've noticed and I've also observed being in this seat hosting a marriage show and having conversations week in and week out about marriage. And even for myself, when I'm honest with myself, I think sometimes it kind of gets at me a little bit that my wife and I don't have more in common. 
And yet, I think it's so important for us to not fixate on the negative and say, why don't we have more in common, but to really kind of lean in and say, you know what, we do have Mexican food. We do have the the joy of both of us wanting a clean apartment. We do have, obviously, um, our Christian faith and our beliefs. And really to focus on those commonalities and to really just connect there and to know that whether we have two things in common or three hobbies or whatever the number is, there's a lot to build off of that. And, of course, we could build an entire marriage on the one foundation of mm-hmm. being both believers and followers of Christ. So that's really, I think, all we need. I think you're right. But I just – I guess my question is what do you say to the person listening in right now in their marriage where they're 10 and 2 driving and they think to themselves, gosh, why is it that my girlfriends or why is it that the guys that I know in the office – they seem to have more in common with their spouses than I do. What would you say to them listening in right now? Because I think I've been in that camp as well. And I think I tend to, at times, thank goodness not all the time, but at times, Kathy, if I'm really honest, I tend to focus in on what we don't have or focus in on the things that um, are different and not celebrate the things that we do have that are commonalities. So, I'll stop talking, but yeah, just minister to that person for a moment or also just maybe share some things that you kind of worked through as well to say, you know what, Mexican food and Jesus is okay to have that as commonalities. <laughs> maybe I don't need more than Mexican food and Jesus. And in some ways, we just had to reach that conclusion mm-hmm. because we tried different things because I was more concerned about that myself. It was like, we need to have these things that we can connect on and and uh, come together in and understand, you know, each other intellectually. And uh, I found that in so many ways we just couldn't. But that uh, what I felt the Lord taught me was how to appreciate his difference. Mm. And I still loved him. And and sometimes love compelled me to to understand him or to at least accept him. And I found that he was very accepting of me. And sometimes I think I wasn't as accepting of him. And I had to I had to work with that and I had to pray pray through that. I remember one time we decided I love to read. I'm just yeah. a reader. And so Rick said, Well well maybe I could get a book and I could read it <laughs> and we could discuss it. Yeah. So we went to Barnes and Noble and we spent like, I don't know, four hours trying to find a book that he thought was even interesting <laughs> that, you know, um we could maybe discuss. And so he buys this book and subsequently never reads it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I read it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then it was kinda like, Well, Suge because he always called me Suge. Mm. I'm sorry, Suge. This just isn't, I I don't know. I can't explain it. And he would read stats about things. Like he liked to load ammo. Sorry for those of you that oh, yeah. don't like that kind of thing. And uh, he could spend hours looking at books for like loads. 
I didn't even know what he was doing. <laughs> it didn't even make sense. Right. And he'd be like, I think I got the perfect load. And you're like, how would you even know? Is that something you do in the bathroom? What is that? The <laughs> exactly. perfect load? <laughs> is that like wash? Are we talking right. about the wash? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the perfect load in the wash. <laughs> what are we talking about here? And, so true. and so we kind of found I couldn't understand that. I couldn't even understand how that was interesting. Hmm. And that was the thing that really we kind of had to work out was the things that we were interested in, the other person was not interested in. Yeah. And they would be tolerant and listen, you know, to a conversation about it. I would listen to loading conversations. My husband was a builder. I'd listen to this is how we put this wall up and everything. I mean, I heard a lot of conversations about, you know, constructing a wall. I mean, after a while, you're like, okay, you know, I get it. You put that sheetrock stuff up on <laughs> you do this other right, stuff. Yeah. So is that really the secret sauce? Because one of the things that you have written down here is asking questions and exploring meaning in their words. Yes. And you just even mentioned the word load. Load's a perfect example that the word load can mean maybe five different things. Five different things. And yet I had no idea. I mean, I wouldn't think in the context of loading a gun to be honest, I'd probably think more in the context of what I'm unloading in the bathroom or <laughs> loading maybe in the the washing machine. Yeah, no, so, but what he called a dryer, he called it an underwear tumbler. Yeah, see, underwear <laughs> tumbler. <laughs> you know, Brilliant. so that's not, yeah. you know, I'm not going to think of that, right? Right. But one time we, like I said, we had gone to these Bible studies and we come home and he goes, that was such a dominant remark he made. And I was so upset by that because what I heard was domineering, mm. you know, overruling, not mm. letting other people talk. And and uh, I didn't think that had happened, but that's what he's saying to me. This is what I'm hearing. Yeah. And so I'm kind of like, you know, getting kind of in a funk. And uh, he's like, what's going on? And I said, well, that thing you said to me, that hurt my feelings. You know, is that how you see me? And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> which and, word? <laughs> which word? So I said, you know, you said domineering. He goes, I didn't say domineering. I said dominant. I go, well, what do you mean by that? Because that that's not a good word to me, you know, from my family background. And uh, he said, I thought it was a stellar remark mm. that every other remark faded in the room once you said that. And and so here he thinks he's complimenting me. Right. And I'm thinking, boy, he's he's really saying something. And I need to find out, you know, what he's saying. Because is this how I'm acting? Is this what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes that happens, I think, maybe more to women. I, But I can't say that. I'm only a woman. I only know myself. Yeah, what's right. going on inside myself. I think it happens on both sides. I really do. Because I think at the end of the day... And I think there's so much wisdom that you've already shared with myself and the beautiful listening audience. I think one of the things that we don't do maybe as often as we should is to stop and have the conversation with our spouse and say, you know what, when you said this, this is the way that I perceived it. This is how I felt when you said this word. And then they're going to either in that moment say, 
wait, time out. The context of me saying that was a, was a compliment. Right, right. And you're taking it this way? Yeah. It's almost like a happen? backhanded slap? Like, right. what is happening right now? There's such a disconnect Yeah. because I don't think we understand the heart and the context of how they're communicating these words. And we've got to, in marriage, we've got to take that extra step to say, no, this is how I perceived you saying this. Right. And just have a healthy dialogue that's full of grace and understanding. Exactly. It's not antagonizing or pointing the finger. It's really, and and I try to do this as best as I can in my marriage, it's more saying, hey, when you said this, sweetie, I felt and heard it this way. Yeah, yeah. Or it's more, this is how I felt, this is how I perceive these words that you spoke to me. And, and I that's think that's a very important. sophisticated yeah. way, too, of being able to do it. But you have to learn to do it. Yeah. You have to practice it. 100%. And you have to take time. Yeah. And when you start having kids and there's yes. pressures and you have work, it can be hard to take time. Yeah. It can be really hard to take time. And I think just real quick, I think because I was thinking about that actually last night I was thinking about this. I was thinking when we start having kids, and you know listening in for those that are parents right now and married, I almost – last night, I think I was maybe dreaming about this, but I thought to myself, okay, now that we have three kids, all three of our kids are really busy in school and sports. And I think to myself, okay, when my wife and I are kind of cutting the slices of time for this day that God's given us, so often by the time we get to each other, there's like crumbs left. Exactly. There's like crumbs left. There's vapors. There's vapors. (laughs) That's a good way to put it. So there's vapors left in that pie that represents 24 hours. And we don't even get 24 hours because we're sleeping. Right, exactly. But in the 16 hours or whatever the day is, there's vapor. Like there's literally remnants or vapor left of pie morsel. (laughs) And at the end of the day, now I think even more so when we're hearing words – we're kind of almost already on edge a little bit because we really haven't had time together. Right. And the other thing that I've noticed, and I wanted you to I want to hear your thoughts on this, when it comes to taking time and time obviously equals love, I think at the end of the day, one of the things that my wife does very often, and I also do it quite often, is sarcasm. And I feel like a lot of times in these moments of being super sarcastic. Sarcasm can, in a very lighthearted way, be kind of one of my love languages and one of my wife's love languages. It's not one of the love languages (laughs) in the five love languages. So don't call me or email me and say, Mark, you said that sarcasm is a love language. But the reality is my wife and I are both very sarcastic. However, again, back to lacking time because we're exhausted, like most of us right now listening in, you're exhausted and you have very little time for your spouse, sarcasm can sometimes even kind of compound the inability we have to understand the heart and the inability we have to really understand the context of the words that they're speaking. So, yeah, go into that a little bit more, and then I want you to really kind of drill down even more on that taking time equals love. I have to point out first that you have something in common, though. We are both very sarcastic. We're both sarcastic. Yes. 
So you kind of have to you kind of have to work through your humor too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick and I did not have corresponding senses of humor. We were both considered very funny people in completely different contexts, mm. and and that was really kind of a trip for me too. Yeah, because you know I kind of had experienced certain kinds of humor growing up, and and he hadn't, and he had his own things that he thought were funny and and. Uh, I had to kind of, we had to kind of unpack that too. That's what they say nowadays, you know, we unpack it. Why was that funny? I would ask, why is that funny? (laughs) And, uh, you know, he'd be just sit there laughing, you know, in bed uh, when, you know, the vapors, you know, were there. And uh, one of the things that we did was just make sure that we assured each other of our love before we did go to sleep. Mm. You know, I love you. I love you, Suge, you know, and I'm, you know, this was nice or something. Try and take a moment, even if there wasn't much. He usually went to bed earlier than me, and um, it worked out later when our kids were older because they had more coverage because uh, he was up early and I was up late, and uh, we had four kids that were kind of stretched out. Mm. And uh, so we had, you know, someone on the wall, so to speak, <laughs> watching over the troops. <laughs> and uh, but we had so to kind of work out our times. We had to work out our times together. Mm. We had to schedule times, you know, for intimacy. And yep. we usually we tried to get away uh, every few months and take maybe an overnight somewhere, mm. and so that we could really talk and have time together. And uh, that was always something we really look forward to. And it was, uh, I think it was very important for us because we were involved in a very uh, strenuous ministry at that point in time. And like I say, we had four kids and and there's a lot going on. My husband was self-employed. And so there was all kinds of different, you know, parts. And you can't really put all those parts into one day ever. Yeah. You know, you kind of attend to maybe something that's a crisis but also we try to take time away to pray through and pray about the kids and pray about what we need to do next and what we thought the Lord was showing us and what do you think the Holy Spirit is is speaking to you. We also prayed for one another and used our gifts mm-hmm. for each other. And my husband would prophesy to me many times and uh, and vice versa. We, we said, well, I feel the Lord is kind of saying this, you know, about what you're doing with work or, you know, this is what I think is going on with our son. And, and like I say, again, all of that takes time. And we tried to carve out times like Friday night before we went to church, we got to where we'd go and have dinner together before that. And, and those were important times for us on Saturday night. We kind of have a special, you know, a few moments together before the next day of Sunday where we're attending to everybody else's needs. Right. And and I think all of that really helped us in the aggregate. Mm-hmm. We, you know, I think we had an amazing combination. We were very different people. Our kids are very unique and interesting. And uh, I thank God for all of that. But also the time just flew by. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think a lot of it is because just the presence of the Lord in our relationship, we included Jesus in what we were doing. And I think that made all the difference. 
And I would encourage anyone to welcome Jesus into the the things of marriage that there's a lot of things you really can't work out. You might never see completely eye to eye, but I believe that's okay. I don't think that's what God is asking us to do in marriage. Some people feel like everything's just got to be firing perfectly together all the time. We're just one. We're just one. Well, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't, I can't say I experienced that all the time where I felt like we were even on the same page. But we tried to ascertain where those pages were (laughs) and what we were experiencing and how we wanted to be as, you know, as a unit, as a, as a, as a marriage, you know, what we wanted that to be. And Rick always told me I communicated about it so much more than he ever would have. But he enjoyed it. He said, I like, Suge, that you, you know, you want to know what I'm really thinking. Yeah. He said, I never felt that when I was growing up, that no one even really cared what I was thinking. And that was a way of making him feel loved, and I didn't even know it. You know, that was something I wasn't aware of. But intimacy is is on many different levels we can experience intimacy. It's not just, you know, a the sex act. And God uses that to glue us together, I think. Absolutely. You know, in a lot of ways. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dr. Kathy, for being my guest today. What a joy it is to have this conversation about marriage. I have taken so many notes and gleaned so much from this conversation. I think the last thing that I will end with is this, and you mentioned this at the very end of the last segment is this. We're going to have glaring gaps. We will, and so will our spouse. And that's okay. Only God can step in and fill those glaring gaps. Thanks so much for tuning in to Messy Marriages. We'll talk to you real soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to Messy Marriages, a show dedicated to making the most out of your mistakes. Mark would love to send you his weekly Marriage Monday video. Please go to marklucasradio.com and sign up for his weekly marriage video. Follow him at Mark Lucas Radio on Instagram.